Welcome to MCU Pod, your best stop for a fun, approachable discussion on all things MCU with a particular focus on the upcoming slate of Marvel TV shows over on Disney+. Plus. I'm your host, Grant Davis, and alongside me is my co-host, Mike Udi Garcia. Am I going to say it or are you going to say it? That's your cue. I don't know. I guess I could introduce you. Okay, I'm um, just here because I. which one of these light, non-controversial MCU topics are we going to tackle first on the pod? Is it going to be uh, the news that a Christian actor is playing a Muslim on Disney Plus's Miss Marvel? Or we can take a look in the rear view, kind of re-examine the Tilda Swinton casting as the ancient one in Doctor Strange, if you want to go there. Or if you want to be more current, we can just talk about how fucking Hawkeye himself, Jenny, Jeremy Renner, is just so good at flipping those houses. You know, Ooh, he's like I'm sweating a, about these topics. Grandma. He's Wait, like man. a real estate influencer, man. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about like the, the topics at hand about like government infiltration or um, you know examining no. mental health issues in WandaVision. You know, what, which of these shows are we going to really talk about? <laughs> um, but yeah, that said, this is our debut episode. Um, I think we plan on bringing in some guests here and there as we go along. People who are just also into the shows that we're discussing. Some people that are just like experts in different areas of the MCU. But that said, I would go ahead and stress up front that we're enthusiasts, or at least I've, I consider myself an enthusiast, not an expert on any of this. Just a big fan. Excited to talk about all things Marvel with you. And we're trying to do this a bit timely because next week, next Friday, January 15th is the debut of WandaVersion, the MCU's first official TV series. Because <laughs> I don't think we we include Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, and oh. the Daredevils and all that. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's Marvel's first Disney Plus, Disney Plus streaming show. WandaVision. I think you said version. Did I? WandaVision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, I know that the people at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so desperately wanted <laughs> to be included. Listen, in the I'm, and they're like, nah. Listen, I'm not a stan for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I will say throughout its seven season run, which I was about to say 18 season run because it felt like that show just never ended. But that was show that show was the Eternals, I think. <laughs> the the cool thing about that show is like a lot of Marvel stuff, it took a lot of weird risks. You know, it really le- leaned into the weird. Right. Um, but I think we with these Disney Plus shows, we're really going to lean into the weird a lot more than ever before, which is why I'm excited to watch them. Absolutely. Um, so you know, this is not our First podcast endeavor here, Mike. Do you want to tell people about uh, where we come from and why we're doing this? Yeah, um, we are based out of Austin, Texas. Grant has been a part of the TV Dudes podcast for like a decade, over a decade. You were on that show. Yeah. Um, I had a Marvel podcast before with Martin Thomas from Double Toasted here in Austin with Nate Bliss. We did a, a TVI on Marvel in which we talked about Yes, Agents of Shield and all those other, all those other early Marvel shows that you decided to to diss uh, at the top of our show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we also do Star Trek Discovery Pod, and it's it's been a huge passion of mine, Star Trek, for a long time. And I roped Grant into that one, being a Star Trek noob, and we built a really 
fun, positive community around the uh, um, the universe, the Star Trek universe, and this new iteration of Star Trek that is on a streaming service, Dis- uh, not Disney Plus, uh, CBS All Access. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what we're going to do here. We're going to come with a vibe that is... Uh, like you said, we're not experts, but we're enthusiasts, and I think we're gonna we're gonna be honest about our opinions about all the new Marvel content. This huge twenty twenty one slate we're gonna talk about coming up, but we're I think we're gonna skew kind of positive because we're really excited about this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people that really want to just dig in and take jabs and be harsh <laughs> about. <laughs> you know, any of these properties, we've, we've seen plenty of uh, Star Trek pods that will, mm-hmm. will just, you know, shit on that show. Just um, monetize just the hate. Yeah. Right. And uh, I, I don't think that's ever really been our angle. We want to talk about these because we are excited about them. We like what they've done with the universe and we are looking for the positive generally. Yeah. That, that doesn't yeah. exclude us from, pointing out where certain scenes are awful or where certain Thor two movies are just garbage. So yeah, we're, we're coming in, <laughs> we're coming into this with a, with a lot of positivity, but yeah, if uh, we're always going to be honest, right. Just like we are on the star Trek podcast. And I know we're just kind of like wading the ship into the waters of the MCU pod universe uh, for the first time here. And we're, we're kind of like feeling it out, but mm-hmm. Um, it, for me, like, I'm not the guy who's like here to be freeze framing the trailers and saying like inane shit, like that, that Apple watch Loki is wearing has a band that matches a clasp on Mordo's belt and Dr. Strange. So <laughs> what the fuck, what does that mean for Dr. Strange too? Like that stuff is fine. That was perfectly like, that, what a great Eric Voss impersonation. That oh God. <laughs> I, I, I like Eric Boss. I like him, but that stuff is cool. It's fine. And I know I know you lean into that stuff a little, and I can play along in that in that realm too. But I'm really just here to like celebrate this stuff and engage with the fandom. I will Hopefully, try not to go off the deep end there. <laughs> no, I, that stuff is fun, but I think we're just here to to celebrate what the MCU has given us and is giving us. And yeah, definitely to criticize it on a and talk about it on a on a deep a somewhat deeper level, but like the MCU is like the funnest, deepest, most entertaining cinematic universe of our time. So let's just like dive into it with some positivity and have a good time. Right. Yeah. And now we we certainly recognize that we're not the first people to want to talk about the MCU verse. Um, But, you know, we hope we're doing something unique and at least engaging with our audience and that we, we do live streams of our show and if you tune in at the time that we're going live, you can check it out, watch along with us, comment. We see some people already commenting over here on the side. And we like that kind of uh, direct engagement where people can chat with us. We can put their comments up on the screen as we're talking about it and get a feel for not just what me and Mike are thinking, but you know what you, the audience, are also thinking about these shows, or what you're liking, what you're not. Um, so with that in mind, since this is our first episode, Go ahead and say that, yeah, you can find us over on YouTube at MCU Pod, and there you can go and subscribe to us, click notifications every time we go live, you'll be able to check out our show. Our 
one rule is don't be dicks and don't be, don't be shitty with your criticism. That's, that's about it. I mean, criticism's fine. Don't be shitty. Yeah. <laughs> and and if you're if you're not shitty and you if you're wanting to talk to us in the chat or like directly engage with us in the live YouTube chat, just type uh capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod at the front of your comment so we can easily see it during the stream and you can be part of the show unless yep. you're a dick. <laughs> unless you're a dick. Um all right, yeah. So I, I already hit on uh people subscribing. We can just go ahead and jump ahead here. We don't have like a Patreon or anything. This is our first episode. We don't even actually have our podcast itself, the audio <laughs> version up. So yeah. we just wanted to get out here and we wanted to try this out. Um, let's get to know. Let's let the audience know about our MCU tastes, I think, before we jump into talking about 2021 and all of the crazy stuff that's going on for the MCU. Mike. Let me ask you, there's been, what, is it like 21, 23 um, MCU films? What would you say are your top three? Um, I mean, it changes, right? It evolves, and not just with each movie that comes out, but with how I grow and change. This this universe has been a thing, has been part of our lives since 2008, right? That's when... Uh, Iron Man premiered for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know it, 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 the more I grow, the, the more I go back to these movies and I get more out of them because unlike some other, you know, comic book or franchise movies, Marvel always leans into something deeper and we get these characters who grow and change and, Marvel is not afraid to give us these surprising character evolutions. So it's, it's always fun to like see where like Tony Stark is or where he ends up in, in Endgame and go back to those first scenes in Iron Man one and recontextualize the character that way. But I can only tell you what I'm into like right now. Yeah. So right now, my top, three uh i really the original iron man just as a a a really solid um story with great acting and it's one it's a classic it's one that i will always go back to i think it's one that the whole fandom can always go back to and be like they nailed it with that one and not only because like um the idea that that's the one that started it all without that i mean i don't care about that what i care about is that the movie is just fucking good it just fucking hums, you yeah. know, and it's just a great story. Um, and right now, my number two is probably Thor Ragnarok. And that's just so rewatchable. And the way they reinvented that character and the vibe of that of that franchise, of the Thor franchise, like you were dissing Thor 2 earlier, was just amazing. And I, I guess I just lean into like the goofy space um type of Marvel stuff because my number three right now is Guardians and it switches between Guardians one and two just I like the vibe of those movies I like that James Gunn always makes them about something even yeah. though they're mostly about daddy issues <laughs> but I can relate to that so and and mommy issues that's true that's true parental issues yeah parental issues uh what about you you got you got a top three yeah I mean I get what you're saying about Iron Man and it is really rewatchable. There's something about the ending for me that is a little bit too small scale for the stakes. 
you know, it reminded me um, a lot of, um, of Fantastic Four with a kind of like small street brawl at the yeah. end. I'm like, uh, Doctor Doom's trying to take over everything, but you guys are just gonna have like a a, a battle on this little city block here. It just seemed mm-hmm. almost too small for the rest of what was going on. But mm-hmm. taking into consideration that that this was the first movie kicking off everything, um, yeah, that movie's awesome. It's still such a fantastic movie. For me. I'm going to have to say I agree with you on Thor Ragnarok. The comedic sensibility of that is such. It, it was so refreshing to get that after the first two Thor movies, which are already like Shakespearean to the point where it's eye rollingly just absurd. Like Kenneth Branagh kind of shit. Just cool it down, dude. Um, yeah, those two movies put me into the Odin sleep for sure. But to get this just Kirby-esque, awesome, wacky, Taika Waititi sensibility comedy movie, it was like everything I wanted. And that's a very divisive movie. I know a lot of people just were not feeling it. But really? I'm all about it. Oh, yeah. Some people will put their least favorite movie in the MCU as Thor Ragnarok. Like, the comedy just didn't click for everyone. Do they wear, like, the red hats and shit? I don't know about that. Is it those people? I think it's just they're bad people yes. <laughs> regardless of their hats if you didn't like thor ragnarok you're just a bad person might as well put on a red hat <laughs> um for me also um homecoming spider-man homecoming i think that was finally the realization of Pir- of peter parker that i wanted mm-hmm. and how that story do de- i think it also has one of the best villains in michael keaton's mm-hmm. yeah Vulture. I think the whole thing is just awesome. I, I love it from beginning to end, and I've probably rewatched that one the most. So, really? Yeah. I, I just keep going back to it. I, I think that it has so many great action moments like interspersed throughout it, and the pacing's just pretty fantastic as a result. It just always keeps me engaged. And I like the ensemble. I like the the comedic beats and the youth of it when everything else is skewed so much older. Mm-hmm. And usually I cross my arms at that and I'm like, I don't need your CW young kid bullshit, mm-hmm. but I liked it a lot. Uh, and then finally, I don't know. I mean, I'm so, I was so torn between like, do I like infinity war for its action sequences or does Endgame just win out because of that final battle? Because I don't know if like Endgame all like holistically I, I enjoy, mm. but there is that last 30 minutes that is some of the the most intense theater going experience I've ever felt in my life to the Mm -hmm. point where I'm like, I have to put that in my top three. That's when you're talking about a huge cinematic universe like this, you have to weigh that in, right? The, the experience that you had in the theater when you watched it, because that's what these movies, at least the first few phases, you know, Marvel calls them phases leaned into, especially after the first like Iron Man. Because that's when they realized that's that's when they that movie was a hit. Like you were talking about, the original Iron Man has kind of a street brawl ending, and I think Hulk did too. wasn't all that spectacular, but after that, they really poured the money into these movies, and Endgame was the uh, culmination of all that, and it was such a spectacle. So, just you know, in 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 our modern age, the the feeling you get watching a a spectacle like that in the theater can be so intoxicating. It'll stick with you for years. 
and for losers like us for the rest of our lives. <laughs> and so you have to weigh that into your favorites. Like I almost wanted to put Endgame my number one, but I somehow knew you're going to make it your number one. So I was like, I'll just let, I'll leave it for Grant. But I mean, I saw someone post that clip of the people in the theater watching yeah. um, the scene where they all come out of the the. We call him Doctor Strange Bubble. <laughs> Doctor Strange Whirly Gig. Yeah, yeah the Whirly Gigs. Whirly um, Gig. And just seeing how everyone else reacted in the theater immediately takes me back to my whole experience with just jaw drop on the floor. Mm-hmm. This is something I didn't think was attainable in film for these movies in the way I digested these comics when I was younger. It's just, you know, you're so right. And aside from that, you know, when you, you said you maybe as a whole, that movie doesn't maybe work for you as a whole. It works for me in every level because that one, if you think about everything before we get to that beautiful payoff of that action sequence with the entire universe fighting against Thanos, um, with that one, it just leans into the weird so much at the beginning. We get all this fucking weird time travel um that is just asking like mass general audiences just to go with it you know and just to Mm -hmm. accept accept that you know uh a a raccoon is going to get in the space suit and go back in time and and meet two versions of uh thanos's daughter who is half a blue cyborg it's it's just crazy (laughs) <laughs> the whole thing is bonkers. and you're I, right it's I a culmination of what crazy. we all like they held the audience hand general audience's hand so much that everyone not just like the bigger geeks were on board for how weird it could go yes and they, that's they earned it. probably the tip of the iceberg given where we're going in phase four yes and that's what makes this time really really exciting right yeah so uh what's phase four I mean, or what is what are these phases? This is this is just how they group the first set of movies where they do the introduction, the second set of movies where they bring in some secondary co- uh, characters, third set of movies that ended up in Infinity War and Endgame, in which they established who their big bad was going to be. Well, they kind of established it at the end, like Thanos pops up at the end of Avengers in Phase One. Mm-hmm. but really makes himself known all throughout phase three where it gets like it really ratchets up. It seems like with phase four, now they're going full on interdimensional time travel. And this is going to be their kind of gateway to bringing in like fantastic four and um, all of the multidimensional stuff that like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse already kind of touched on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be bonkers. I mean, what's about the Disney shows, especially what's exciting for me about all these new Marvel Disney plus shows. And that's what we're going to cover first. Oh, and JC who's commenting says best is the end game scene turned into 2020 election characters. Did you see that? (laughs) So It's so ridiculous. I haven't seen that. (laughs) Oh, did you find it? We should play it. But oh man, I I watched it. I was like, what am I seeing here? Like the, these Marvel Disney Plus shows, they they all seem to be about these like fantastical, heroic characters that we come to know over several of these great Marvel movies having 
major identity crisis, both in, in the fictional universe and outside of it. Like Marvel itself is like, here are the characters we have that are, that are bankable, uh, the ones we didn't kill off or turn into an 80-year-old man. What do we do with them now? How do we reinvent them for the small screen and keep the audience engaged? So I think with WandaVision, with uh, the Winter Soldier show, and uh, even we're getting like characters dealing with uh, reinvention and identity crisis. And that is like really fertile ground for, for drama. Right. Yeah. Right. So do you want to go ahead and take a look at the slate of movies that we have coming up here? We have a slate. Let's look at it. Okay. So given the fact that there was a whole pandemic in 2020, it pushed everything back to the point where they're just going to roll out so many films and so many TV shows all this year. Like last year, during a pandemic when everyone's at home and really could have used it, Marvel got stingy. They didn't give it to us. But now we have so... Okay, let, let me let me do the count here. We have four movies, which is huge. We have six TV shows all this year. So it's fine. Oh, I was going to say five movies, but they pushed Thor to 2022, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So um, our movies include... Oh, wait, let me... Um, had a had a graphic for it. Eh, I'm not gonna do this consistently. Our movies include Black Widow, yeah, um, which is due out May 7th. Um, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which I guess is gonna be. Um, uh, they haven't really shown a whole lot <laughs> for this one, uh, but I, I wonder how much it's gonna play into the Mandarin, who was the the big bad of the fake big bad of um, iron man three sorry if i'm spoiling something five years later <laughs> but um, but we know we know that the real quote-unquote real mandarin is out there right in the right. mcu because of uh the short that they did with ben kingsley about yeah. him <laughs> yeah that that was established in the short that followed uh iron man three in which i don't know it was established i didn't watch it but it was established somehow that the real quote-unquote real mandarin is out there right and then we have um, the Eternals, which has somehow more artwork associated with it uh, than we've seen anything from Shang Chi. Uh, Shang Chi's July, by the way, and we still haven't really seen anything. We've got like a million trailers yeah. for Black Widow in May, um, although that one got pushed back. To be fair, mm-hmm. but um, Eternals, we already see at least some concept art of their massive casts in their costumes. And you were just talking to me about, you know, reading the comic for this a while ago, right? Yeah, it was a uh, it was a Neil Gaiman version of Eternals that I really loved, and I think that came out about a decade. It was a uh, a limited Marvel comic series, and I think that is what mostly this new film is based on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what was great about it was that it each issue kind of took one character um, realizing their power, and it's kind of an origin story for all these Eternals characters, but um, the way it did it was so human and personal. And then by the time it got really like mystical and weird, it just felt really earned and and good. And once the comic really got super fantastical, um, 
and all the battles were happening, you really cared about all the characters because you saw them go through this transformation. It's just good stuff. Yeah. I, I, I recognize, like, I can imagine the covers in my head of that mm-hmm. comic. So I think I read it. Oh, I the artwork is remember great. It right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, jumping back to Shang-Chi, JC was saying, I'm not crazy about martial arts movies, but I read a spoiler potentially. And if it's true, seems pretty cool. I don't know what that is, but I'm excited for that movie. Does Shang-Chi have an iWatch with <laughs> the belt buckle with the with a buckle that looks like <laughs> Mordo's buckle and, and then Sam Raimi's working that into Doctor Strange too. As James Worms James Worms says, I'm down for Shang-Chi. I snooze through Iron Fist. And yeah, Iron Fist, oh, I think, was the worst of the Netflix shows. I think it was, was just the worst casting. It could have been fun. It could have been so cool, but they got a terrible showrunner. The guy who ran Dexter into the ground, same showrunner. Uh-huh. And just the cast was just so vanilla and plain and boring. Oh, and he was sporting that Justin Timberlake 1999 hair. Mm-hmm. That, uh, top ramen hair (laughs) (laughs) top ramen uh i I say that but then i think i had the same hairstyle back then uh okay we also have the untitled spider-man far from home sequel the the third in the movie franchise and this is the movie that we've been hearing a whole bunch of um rumors and speculation about like this casting of um like alfred molina um, from yeah. Spider-Man 2. Hayden Christensen reprising his role as, as Darth Vader in this movie. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't remember this news. Um, but yeah, it's going to have uh, Tobey Maguire. It's going to have Andrew Garfield. It's going to have like the other Spider-Man characters. It's going to have Electro's, Jamie Foxx's Electro in there. It, it seemed, I've heard theories about what this movie's going to be. And the the theory goes that if they for a while they were talking about Craven being the bad guy, Craven the hunter, and he's this hunter who has hunted all the animals, and yet the the last um, big game for him is man, but not just man, superhuman man, aka Spider Man. So he goes to hunt Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but what if he's an interdimensional hunter and he's hunting and killing off Spider Man in all the dimensions? So it's kind of like that. Jet Li movie, the one, <laughs> but with Craven the Hunter killing them <laughs> off and all these other iterations. So maybe okay. I'll see these just quick scenes of them dying before he jumps over to oh, okay. uh, the the version where there's a 15 year old kid he has to try and kill, and that's the most difficult one. Hmm. I don't know. I like that idea. That's a yeah. Maybe that's fine. a spoiler because I mean, who, how do I know at this point? Um. Yeah, okay, let's let's jump in and talk about the TV shows because the movies, we're going to talk about them one-off, right, when they come out. But the TV shows can be an ongoing discussion provided it looks like Disney Plus is planning to uh, release the episodes weekly. So I thought we should go ahead and watch the trailers. Uh, I hope this isn't like some weird thing we're going to get pinged for, but we'll find out. If it is, it is. And we're going to start with WandaVision, right? Let's let's start with uh, let's start with WandaVision. Let's, All right. let's pull it into the stream. And that here. premieres this coming next Friday, a week from today. Yeah. And. So what's a single gal like you doing? 
doing rattling around this big house? I love Catherine Hall. Well, I assure you, I'm married to a man, a human one. <laughs> what? Catherine Hahn, the monkeys. I'm in love already. Bewitched. <laughs> oh, I don't think that was ever in question. We just don't know what to expect. Howdy, neighbors. Hey, bud. Getting Legion vibes. FX's Legion. Um, yeah, big time. Who are you? I don't know. I think something's wrong here. Wanda, can you read me? Who's doing this to you? Are you here to help us? This is our home. Then let's fight for it. That is a far cry from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> yeah, right? Remember that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show? Oh, boy. <laughs> I think, like, what I was talking about before with, like, um, uh, characters, these characters, like, being reinvented for the small screen, but in a way in which we can tell longer, stranger, dramatic stories. Like, with this WandaVision, you have Scarlet Witch. It seems like she's literally warping her own reality. Yeah. Like desperately trying to create like a time and a space in which she can truly belong and cope after what happened between her and vision in, in the MCU. And she has to heal. And from what we saw in that trailer and the marketing material, she's like trying on this, these new roles for herself that are like just so wildly different than the role that we've seen her play in the larger MCU as established. And that that's just a signal of like Marvel is trying to they're banking on a, on the credibility and the popularity these characters have built with people like us, with the fans, but they're delivering them in new packages and, and putting them reshaping and presenting them in such a new way. I love that they're not dumbing this down to the audience and treating them like they need to spoon feed a story, right? Yeah. This is high end conceptual storytelling. It is very akin to Legion. It um, definitely is playing off of this house of M idea from the comic books where uh, Scarlet, Witch at one point has a complete mental break and basically rebuilds the entire world if not universe, I want to say at least just the world of um, of the Marvel Marvel world, and, and then eventually it gets to a point where she kills off like most of the mutants on the planet, and the ones that are left are the ones that kind of have to rebuild, and then they're even more of a an oppressed minority, and mm -hmm. it kind of plays into that whole storyline for um, for like the X Men and whatnot, but. The, but Marvel's or MCU's approach here to that same sort, sort of storytelling is to once again have Wanda have this kind of mental break. And as a, as a result, she's formed her own 
reality and we can't really tell if what the bounds are of this reality and what the ramifications of this reality are like are we going to see her brother um quicksilver mm-hmm. uh pop in here do you want to see him back i i like that iteration of quicksilver i, I do i like the idea that she has such a bizarre and like probably ill-defined set of powers that the idea that she could potentially just bring people back to life through sheer willpower of, of her abilities is, is crazy. Like she can adjust reality around her and reshape it. And this also reminds me of that show maniac um, over on Netflix, the Jonah mm-hmm. Hill and Emma Stone one, where they they both are kind of lost in this reality of the mind right. that has them kind of jumping through different uh, genres a little bit. Like here, she's clearly going through different iterations of of um, TV shows. There's there's like Bewitched. There's like a Three's Company kind of vibe going on, um, and then a Roseanne in the '80s kind of thing with a little bit of that 70s show kind of just sprinkled in, even though it's a 90s show. Um, and it, it all feels, I, I just love like all the graphics and how those are um, being dropped in to like show vision wearing the outfit. <laughs> um, right. And Kat Dennings pops up. All of this is so super fascinating to me. Um, and it's going to be one of those shows that, is going to be a lot of fun to just like pour over each episode and dissect and discuss and kind of figure out what's going on, which we have a comment here from James Worm. who says, uh, is she confirmed in human in human? Uh, what are her powers from the MCU? The movie flipped her origin upside down in the comics, which is mm-hmm. yeah. As, as a result of like legal issues of not owning the rights to mutants initially, because those were owned by Fox. Um, they wanted to, there's a slippery slope, a little bit of gray area and being able to introduce um, Wanda Maximoff and uh, Peter Maximoff as not mutants, but potentially like inhumans. They have these these abilities that don't have to be constrained to X-Men characters, but now yeah. that they own it and they haven't really fully defined where their powers came from prior to. I think there was like hinting that like it might have been something to do with the Tesseract or whatever. When yeah, I think that was heavily hinted at in the, um, the second Avengers movie. But I wonder if this show is going to be a a sort of um, predecessor to integrating the X-Men into the MCU. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is the ultimate um, finale payoff of this season of this show going to be that she brings vision back to life and she brings, she causes X-Men to be integrated into society. Yeah. And that's really exciting. But, but here's the thing, like, even if that is like the ultimate payoff, like aside from the vision thing, if we really do get like an inversion of the, was the house of M from mm-hmm. Marvel where she like decimates a mutant population. Yeah. Even if, even if this pays off at the end with uh, of the first season, or maybe it's a limited series um, with an inversion of that with her, like inventing mutants or bringing mutants in. Um, that's great. That's great for the like Marvel's for the MCU going forward. But I'm 
really interested more in learning more about this character and getting like a uh experiencing uh her healing from her trauma right, right? that's where i'm at i'm like give me a story and if it has all all these other little tendrils that shape the rest of the universe that is just icing on the cake but i think with um with marvel's credibility and all the projects they've done in the past and with how much they're banking on these new shows we're not just going to get like uh, little placeholders until the big movies come out that's not what wandavision is no. this is like a this looks like a crazy weird deep uh character story that yeah, we'll have ramifications for the rest of the universe, but it can also stand on its own. Yeah. I, I mean, I, when you mentioned the idea of it being a limited series, I wonder how much you could continue to explore after a first season of a, of a show that's kind of predicated on the concept that she's suffering a delusion, a, a mm -hmm. mental break. Like, can you kind of extend that multiple seasons? Legion did. I, I was going to say ask Legion, I guess. Yeah. But but there's got to be kind of a, a radical jump and how how these characters will still fit into the larger film franchise after this show is, is going to be interesting because I, I feel like there still would have to be a little bit of a an end resolution that can keep it sort of self-contained so that it isn't messing up the larger universe. Like, you know, yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of suffered from this, where they, they could never do anything too big, um, and they were always playing catch-up on what happened in the film. So, like, when Winter Soldier came out, and then all of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. was destroyed as a result of it being infiltrated by HYDRA, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. suddenly it seemed like they had to scramble to be like, oh, us, us two guys, and we're, we're secretly keeping the fire and trying to rebuild. And right. then he was like, eh, we don't really care about you. <laughs> Bastard, no. but it's a child. Yeah, by, by the end of that show, they, they literally created their own timeline, so the events of that show would not conflict with the larger MCU. Yeah. Um, well, let's... So that's the show that we're going to be discussing. Yeah. And I want to mention our, our commenter earlier, James Worm, reached out to us before and said, suggested that we do our homework and read like the most recent acclaimed WandaVision um, uh, comic series, which it seems like this show is largely riffing on or based on. Yeah. Um, I haven't read that yet. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to. When was the last time I read a comic? It's been a while. Get the Marvel app, man. The Marvel app has everything and it's like 10 12 bucks a month the bonus is that i'm screwing over comic book shop owners <laughs> by not uh, our buddies who own comic shops in town do not listen to this please <laughs> <laughs> get yeah. get the marvel app sample their wares and then go buy the real thing um okay so the next show is the falcon and winter soldier which debuts march 19th let's go ahead and check out the trailer here for that. The legacy of that shield is complicated. I love their music cues. <laughs> the world. They cut Bucky's hair. 
looking for something to get behind. They need the symbol. I'm loving all the wide framing shots in here. Yeah. So this is like the good Hobbs and Shaw, <laughs> right? What a way to frame it. Yeah, sure. Like Hobbs and Shaw, but good. <laughs> I think the volume cut out. I mean, look how awesome that is. TV budget. Yeah. Hell yeah. A Disney plus TV budget. <laughs> <laughs> they got that Mando money, which uh, I've contributed to. I can see it working. Gears turning. Oh, they're malfunctioning. They're on fire. God, <laughs> All right. And here's here's an example of like not necessarily leaning into the weird, but leaning into the charm, leaning into the uh, um, the idea that these characters have to redefine and establish, reestablish like who they are. Right. Because. Right. Falcon and Winter Soldier, who are they without Cap? Who are they when paired with each other? What are their roles now within the Avengers, within the the fictional MCU landscape? Again, just these powerful, larger-than-life characters going through these role changes and evolutions throughout like uh, a 10-hour series. It's, that's just fertile ground for great drama. And And how do you pick up the slack when cap just leaves the universe yeah suddenly uh there's this, this power vacuum and the enemies are still going to be at the gates and they have to suddenly deal with that so this one does seem a little bit more like a um, a grounded political thriller in a way um and buddy team up so it's really banking on the dynamic between uh, winter soldier and, and falcon I, I think that they they were fun enough together. I don't know. I'm a little bit mixed on how I feel about it. I would say of the three shows or four shows that we're going to discuss today, it's probably the one I'm least excited for. Yeah. Um, I thought I was more excited for WandaVision, but I'm actually more excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier because really? I want it, it just and maybe maybe I'm I'm giving it too much esteem, but it, it just seems so baseline and mainstream even though it looks really good that i want i want to be surprised by it because mm. this is the mcu if you think about the mcu even with their most like um easy to sell movies there's always some weird twist or just something unexpected that is at the core of those movies and i i'm hoping we're going to get something like that here it's more than it seems i think yeah, James says the the Ed Brubaker run of Bucky Falcon and Sharon picking up the pieces after Cap's death is really really good. Yeah, and I read some. Of yeah, that. this this definitely has a Brubaker vibe to it, um, which should be awesome. I guess I don't know. I, I 
I think it'll be good. I don't know why I'm <laughs> reticent about it. There's no, there's no good reason. Well, for I mean, it. Uh, how did you feel about all the all the cat movies? Were they really not your favorites? I know no, they weren't I, on I, your list. I I loved Winter Soldier. Um, I thought Civil War was still a lot of fun, even if it was just like one little airport hangar battle. <laughs> um, it was cool to see everyone on screen, and it was a great test case for what they obviously built up to in um, Endgame. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think it also has a little bit of this vibe of like a Jack Ryan, uh, TV show. So mm-hmm. that kind of makes me shrug a little bit, but, but the scope seems much wider and the, the budget is much bigger than yeah. good old John Krasinski running around with a CIA badge or whatever. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But well, I think. I, I think we are going to get like, I, I like espionage thrillers like that movie spy game, which is garbage. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Just yeah. it's a cool spy thriller. And I think that's what we're, we're going to get here along, along with these characters growing and changing and trying to figure out who they are with the absence of that power vacuum of cap. Right. I mean, you know, all things considered, this is definitely a show I'm going to watch versus the million other shows that come out on TV that I'm never going to watch. Ever. <laughs> so it's, it's a top tier show still. Also, I hope they keep the idea of what a true patriot is that we got from the Captain America movies. You know, like Captain America was the patriot who goes against the government when the government is being evil and reckless and is sometimes not a popular hero because he's being a patriot. And that is a that is a very timely uh, uh, they, they territory. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how they thread that needle. <laughs> we'll see what the national conversation is in three months, two months. Oh boy. It's going to feel like three years. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Let's jump over and take a look at Loki as well here. Talk about weird. Yeah. Iron Man. (laughs) <laughs> waking up in the sand. <laughs> Man, look You're at taking that. me somewhere to kill me. No, I'm taking you someplace to talk. Where well, I don't like to talk. But you do like to lie, which you just did. Because we both know you love to talk. Again, such a Noah Hawley TV vibe. It's hard to right. say, you know, time passes. Like How does he not make all these? What does that mean? You'll catch up. Noah Hawley did Legion for those of you who don't know Noah Hawley, who is our neighbor here in Austin. Our best friend. Yeah. He's on the couch. 
You see, this is so unexpected from a Loki story. All of this, right? Yeah, it's all. It also feels like uh, Hannibal, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these shows are telling their own stories, building their own pockets in this larger universe and doing it earnestly. And like, look at that. He's a uh, DB Cooper <laughs> in that scene. Love it. Come on. <laughs> what did you expect? Oh, Loki, you scamp. Wow. Um, yeah, like you said, unexpected. That one's really, really bizarre. And it seems like it's going to be this kind of procedural where he's a a time cop. <laughs> he's going to regulate people yeah. mess with the time stream uh, begrudgingly because he has a certain set of skills. So he just kind of gets pulled in and forced to it. it, it it's interesting because it's it's a. Uh... It's a different iteration of Loki we're getting on Disney Plus. It's a version of Loki who has not yet paid for his crimes, right? Because this right. is Loki they plucked out of the first Avengers movie. So, like, right after the siege of New York, and he has no real sense of regret or redemption or any of that, any of those good things that that Loki had at the end before he was taken out by Thanos. So, uh, it, he and he's being thrust into this wacky role apparently as the MCU Sam Beckett from Quantum Leap. Uh, which is something I never thought I would see. Um, but apparently, yeah, the um, the apparatus or the the syndicate that he is working for in this is apparently like alive in the Marvel comic universe, but it's 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 like so um, uh, niche that that almost no one's ever heard of it. Like apparently, there is this type of like agency that goes throughout time and correct stuff that Owen Wilson's involved with. Um, so they're like pulling like the, the strangest weird Marvel U and grafting it onto one of, to the MCU's biggest, like most charming villain and creating a new story from it. It's, it's a great idea. Totally reminds me of like what's going on with umbrella uh, Academy as well with these, like these time police that are, are, are meant to kind of keep everything in the time stream. Uh, going in the proper order but yeah the the take on it it's it's all really tonally dark and surreal and just gives me this this vibe that i'm going to be shown a very alien world and perspective with this show and what once again this is marvel just swinging for the fences they're not playing safe with a simple agents of shield procedural here with any of their shows. They, they aren't like, even if this does have a little bit of an episodic nature with him going on a mission here or there, their end game there is not um, for this to be a procedural ongoing. There's obviously an arc for where they're going with Loki's character. That's going to have larger ramifications for the, the MCU. And it's fascinating to see this. And another fascinating kind of a behind the scenes thing about all these shows that we just watched the trailers for all of the showrunners, the people who are like the architects of, of the vision here are really young uh, filmmakers who have really just had their breaks in the past like decade. So you're, they're not like going back to um, 
an established like ABC, you know, miniseries showrunner or somebody who had a great run on CBS. These are like young filmmakers who probably grew up uh, watching the MCU and diving into into those comics and who have just wild ideas for how to tell stories with these established characters in a new way. That's, I mean, it's kind of what Marvel did before when they brought John Favreau and James Gunn and people like that on, you know, these mm-hmm. were like definitely kind of names in certain, you know, film fan uh, circles, but, but really like untested with like these huge uh, properties and it paid off so well. It still makes me think like Taika Waititi, they bring in mm-hmm. for Thor Ragnarok and it's, radically different from what we've come to expect of of the thor films thus far um really leaning much more into that comedic sensibility and just the bizarre and surreal but additionally that this is the same company that could not seem to work with edgar wright on ant-man and they gave Mm -hmm. him the boot or he quit or whatever happened there and that makes me wonder like what was going on there that Edgar Wright's vision couldn't work out, but Taika Waititi's vision for Thor 3 could. Yeah, I never quite understood what happened there, and you know, I don't, we never will, but I think uh, it feels like Marvel maybe has l- learned from that. You know, they learned, okay, we didn't, we were too uh, afraid to lean into this visionary's idea for this, this property, and that cost us. And Ant-Man and- was just a little bit... You know, vanilla. It, it, it was good. Yeah, Ant- and so, I don't think Ant Man is really anybody's favorite. You know, MCU franchise. It's fine. They're fun movies, and I'll go watch them. But it's like, they're like Diet Cokes. Like they're in and out. I forget about them right when I'm walking out of the theater. Right. Right. Um. Well, Loki is slated to, slated to debut in May this year. Um. In the summer, our last one that I was going to show you a clip of is what if oh yeah because this is one of my favorite comic series as a kid just like mashing characters together who you'd never see together and reimagining like giant um events in the marvel universe and like oh yeah let's just let's watch yeah so what if is predicated on the multiverse and what if there's a different version of the iconic events that we've already grown to know and love in the mcu yeah, That's what, basically what it is, but this is an animated take. What if Tony Stark had two dicks? <laughs> Something like that. Whatever you desire, Mike. Mm-hmm. Space. Time. It's Jeffrey Wright. Reality. It's more than a linear path. It's a prism of endless possibility. Well, that doesn't sound ominous at all. Chills with that music. I was promised. Yeah. Captain Britain? You have a super soldier. Fuck yeah. Just honoring Peggy that way is so cool. You sure don't seem too freaked out about all this, kid. What Black Panther Star Lord. Anyway? Exploding the world. Yeah, do. But why stop at one world? 
when we can show you all of them. I am the Watcher. The Watcher. I am your guide through these vast new realities. Follow me and dare to face the unknown. Marvel Zombies. Yeah. doppelgangers hell yeah it's so cool that it seems like the watcher is gonna the character of the watcher is gonna be like um bookending these tales or telling these tales because that's that's what it was like in the comic book and the uh -huh. watcher is this character that lives outside the universe and um and, and comments on it and of course watches it but he always um i always found that the character was so cool because they had this sense of um strange mystical otherworldliness to them but also like some really quick wit too you know right yeah so that's going to be like a fun narrative device to watch with these crazy stories that are just mixing and matching all types of shit from the marvel u the animation looks incredible on this the the cinematic the dramatic cinematic moments that they're still able to build to and play off of like these these moments where you see bucky catch the shield and throw it back but instead it's it's a zombie uh, captain mm -hmm. america these are all these like really cool one-off or uh, mini series comics that they're able to bring to life here in this show and it, it's further evidence of the direction that I think phase four is going with and that it's really exploring the, the multiverse and it's ex exploring um, uh, a little bit of, of time travel as well and breaking the rules and conventions that are eventually going to lead to uh, King the Conqueror being the new big bad of the, the phase four arc, I believe. Um and that's also going to play into um, Ant-Man and uh, the 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 microverse, like what you that little universe um, or that little civilization you see in the the pocket verse when he's trapped in there for a little bit. Right. Yeah, whatever that was, where um, Janet Van Dyne was living. It you kind of got to feel bad for DC because like <laughs> a few years ago, they're like, yeah, man, we're, we're doing the, uh, the multiverse thing and we're going to do it right. Marvel doesn't have that shit. Well, just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, DC. Every time I think of, of them, I'm just like, oh man, Christopher Nolan like held you guys for a little bit and yeah. then you've lost everything. <laughs> You bet uh, on the wrong people to guide your franchise, and oh well. well. There are some people that seem to swear by it. Uh, yeah, that I'm, ain't I'm good for them. Uh, just rounding out what we have looking forward to this year on the calendar: Hawkeye uh, is going to get his own spinoff show with um, uh, what, what's her name? Arrow Girl. <laughs> I'm, I'm forgetting the name of his uh, Kate, Yeah. Kate Bishop. Um, and then um, there's going to be a Miss Marvel TV show that's going to be uh, mm -hmm. playing off of 
what's Miss Marvel's name in Kamala Khan? Kamala Khan. That's right. Uh, that's going to be probably just late this year, if not pushed back to next year, just because they have so many shows. Um, they also a, announced a, a Moon Knight and a She-Hulk. Yeah, I think those are the two we really haven't seen anything from in terms of like um, set pictures or, of course, trailers or anything. With Miss Marvel, I think they had like a super short uh, bit of a scene in a larger like MCU sizzle reel. Right. Um, and Hawkeye, we've seen behind the scenes photos here and there from from some of those clickbait sites like that you love, like Screen Rant. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, it's it's awesome. It's a great time for us to really want to dive in to everything MCU related. And uh, I don't know. I, you and I are both just super excited about this. This is, of course, our our test case episode next week. We are hoping to be back with the debut of WandaVision, talking about that in depth. Um, oh, we're we're going to jump on that night, Friday night on the stream. Does that work for Wanda? you? That's fine with me. Works for me. Let's do, right. it. Let's do it. Um, I think on that note, we'll go ahead and wrap things up here for this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in to our debut episode tonight and joining in on the chat. Um, stay tuned next week as we dive into discussing episode one of WandaVision. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and get the notification buttons going so that you get alerted whenever we go live. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at MCU pod. I'll be putting up more socials as we <laughs> develop this uh, little project of ours a bit better, but you can also check out our website, mcupod.com for the upcoming audio podcast. Until next week. I am Mike Moody Garcia. And I'm Grant Davis. And we are MCU pod. Go out there, kick names and take ass. Love y'all. <laughs>